Good morning. I want to share an exhortation and an encouragement for us, even as we are still getting comfortable with writing 2021 in our diaries, in our notebooks, in our notepads. This is a word to help us move ahead in God, to fulfill God's purpose for our lives in the generation that we live in. The question that I request that we ask ourselves is, are you stuck in life or are you moving upward and ahead in God in accordance with his plan and his purpose for your life? You know, when we look back at the story and the history of Israel as given in the Bible, we understand that God had chosen them by first choosing their father, Abraham, to bring forth a nation. And it was during the time when they were in bondage in the, in the empire and the nation of Egypt that God promised them and reminded them of what he had earlier promised Abraham, that he would take them into a land where they would be blessed to become fruitful, to be a strong nation, and that through that nation, all the nations would be blessed by eventually the coming of the Messiah uh, in Israel. But we do know that at that very crucial time in the history of Israel, when after they were led out of Egypt by the Lord, and when they were right there at the border, about to cross into the promised land and to take possession of what God had said, they chose to disbelieve. They chose to be disobedient to God. And as a result of that, what would have most probably been just an 11-day journey from Egypt to the promised land ended up being a 40 years continual circling in the desert, in the wilderness, till the time the Lord declared that that entire generation that had rebelled against him because of their unbelief would perish in the wilderness and it's only their children who would be allowed to come into the promised land. I repeat the question that now I had asked a few moments earlier. Are you stuck in life? Are you circling a mountain and circling a wilderness for all these months and years? Or are you moving ahead in accordance with God's plan for your life? Our timeline in fulfilling God's plan for our life is determined by our faith and obedience to God. So the question is to us, do we want it to be an 11-day journey? Or do we want it to be of 40 years in the wilderness? Now, it's interesting that when we look at that time in the nation of Israel and we hear what God had to say about this journey that they were put into, we get to learn something very, very crucial for us today. Let us go to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 8 and I will read from verses 1 to verse 6. 
And I will bring emphasis in verse 2. All the commandments that I am commanding you today, you shall be careful to do so that you may live and increase and go in and take possession of the land which the Lord swore to give to your forefathers. And you shall remember all the way which the Lord your God has led you in the wilderness these 40 years in order to humble you, putting you to the test to know what was in your heart whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you go hungry and fed you with the manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, in order to make you understand that man shall not live on bread alone, but man shall live on everything that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. So you are to know in your heart that the Lord your God was disciplining you just as a man disciplines his son. Therefore, you shall keep the commands of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. Now, this is crucial, my brothers and sisters. As we try to understand the nature of the journey of Israel in that wilderness, though it was a painful disciplining, God's intention was not to destroy the nation or to destroy the people. But God's intention was that they would be transformed. They would be lovingly disciplined to become the people that God had planned for them to become. And then in turn to take possession, to inherit the promises that he had given to their forefathers. And yet, even in that discipline, we see how God lovingly sustained them. God lovingly provided for them. And yes, there were testings all along the way. But all of those testings had a good purpose. So here's what we can summarize from this uh, narrative. And that is how we respond to both blessing and testing. Reveal our hearts. And help us understand how desperately we need the Lord to help us draw close to him and become like him. What you are going through right now in your life is not so much about the circumstances or the people who you think are responsible for what is happening to you. There would be a place for that and God will attend to it according to your prayers, according to you seeking him. But what is more important is God is interested in the condition of your heart and you and I knowing about the condition of our heart. You and I knowing where we are in God and that we would accordingly then from that place of truth and grace be able to cry out to God and ask him to take us ahead and upward in him. That we would know him, become like him and fulfill his purpose for our lives. Secondly, how we respond to both blessing and testing reveals our values and our priorities. We come to understand, do we want to live for God and his purpose by walking in faith and obedience by his grace? Or do we want to actually live just for ourselves? Years back, Matt Redman wrote a very meaningful, thoughtful song. Many other words we speak. Many are the songs we sing. Many are the promises now to live 
the life. One thing that I am guilty of is that I've made so many claims over these years. I've said so many things to God in times of worship. And I do understand that I would have even been sincere in stating those things and singing those words. But the way God designs our journey is to help us truly understand the true condition of our hearts, our minds, our lives. Because we cannot help ourselves. We need God to help us. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the wisdom of God, the strength of God. We need the anointing, the leadership, and the lordship of the Holy Spirit in order to be a continually transforming people. The work of sanctification will be enabled by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of God's word, and we will thus be able to fulfill God's purpose for our lives. I again ask, are you stuck in one place or I, and are you going around in circles? The only way to move out of the past is to move ahead in God by latching on, by connecting to his purpose for our lives in this generation. And here are a few verses that now I want to bring forth to us that will help us to do this. You see, it is impossible to obey God without obeying his word. It's, it's impossible to fulfill God's purpose and to walk in his ways without taking earnest heed to his word. His word gives us clarity. His word gives us direction. And that's what the Holy Spirit uses to light our way so that we know the way we should walk in. Are you confused? Are you not knowing what to do? Well, listen to God in his word. Listen to his spirit. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and you will find clarity and direction. A very important passage, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and verse 2. Look at what it says, how we need to move ahead. It says, therefore, since also we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let's rid ourselves of every obstacle and the sin which so easily entangles us. And let's run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking only at Jesus, the originator and perfecter of the faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God. My brothers and sisters, one of the words that come to my mind when I think about our Lord Jesus Christ is the word focus. Jesus was focused. He had come to do the will of the Father. And that meant that he had to live a sinless life, a life of perfect obedience to the Father every day, every moment. And he would then willingly suffer on our behalf, die on the cross for our sins, a brutal, horrific, yet precious sacrifice for our sins. And he would be raised up after three days after he was buried for our justification. And then be seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus was focused. And that's why he could fulfill God's purpose for his life. And today that same exhortation comes to us. And therefore the writer of Hebrews says, look to Jesus. Look to the one who's the author and the perfecter of your faith. Look to him as your example, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. 
my brother and my sister here is my encouragement and exhortation to you endure it go through it complete the journey don't be stuck ask the lord to help you move ahead to shift gears don't keep going around in circles go ahead go upward in god because we also have a great cloud of witnesses who are cheering us and telling us shannon come on don't get entangled in things that are temporal and sinful move ahead somebody has said this it is not the big boulders on the way that hinder our journey it's the little pebbles in our shoes that cause the greatest hindrance and discomfort beloved many times the greatest challenges to our journey of faith and obedience is not the people outside it's not the circumstances it's surely not the devil and the demons our greatest hindrances are the pebbles in our own shoes can you identify what are those pebbles in your shoes the sin that so in easily entangles us that for the fleeting pleasures of sin the momentary pleasures of sin we let go of such greater privilege to co-work with jesus to fulfill his purpose in this generation of saving souls and making disciples and seeing churches being planted we are uh, we we forsake that we neglect that in order for the temporal fleeting pleasures of sin and here is a wake up call to each of us that hey don't give in to this appropriate the grace of god cry out to god for help and say god i've been circling this mountain because of these pebbles in my shoe i've been i'm tired i'm discouraged because of the sin that i have given into lord help me to break free let the power of your spirit set me free let the power of your word how can a young man cleanse himself from his sin how can a young man keep himself pure how can any man or woman for that matter your word have i hidden in my heart that i may not sin against you oh lord search me and try me and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting oh lord fill me with your power so that i can live a life that brings you glory and honor alone matthew 6 was 31 to 33 do not worry then saying what are we to eat what are we to drink what are we to wear for clothing what about my job what's going to happen with this pandemic what if things get worse what's going to happen you know what you and i are not in control of these circumstances you and i don't have the answers to this question of course we can look at god's word and in the coming weeks we're going to look at one of the things is uh, is to have a biblical view of the times we are living in but even as we get a biblical perspective to give us hope and encouragement and to further strengthen our focus there will be questions which we don't have answers but we know that the god who provided for israel in the wilderness the god who was faithful to moses the god who was faithful to joshua and caleb is your god and my god and he will see us through i want to finish this race well i want to finish this race strong and so must you and so beloved god is on the move saving souls god is on the move look at what um, matthew 6 says do not worry then saying what are we to eat what are we to drink or what are we to wear for clothing for the gentiles eagerly seek all these things 
for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things but seek first that's clear not second not third seek first the kingdom his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be provided to you jesus is explicitly clear here what should be our priority and it's astounding sadly to see how believers take the kingdom of god and put it on the side they take the things of the kingdom and they make it third or fourth and i say this to you my beloved brothers sisters that the choice that you will make is the is is it will determine your standing in this life and moreover in eternity we have an opportunity now to change gears we have an opportunity now to make a course correction and the lord is with us and he is on the move saving souls if you and i connect with god align with his purpose and begin to co-work with jesus you will move ahead because he's moving ahead if you co-work with jesus you will move ahead get under the yoke of jesus so that where he goes you go where he turns you turn and you and i will have the joy of seeing god increasingly glorified through our life beloved don't be stuck don't be moving around in circles let's move ahead and upward in god as the apostle paul wrote in the book of philippians and he said this one thing i do i forget the things that are behind and i press on towards the upward call of god in christ jesus i press on it's like an athlete running a race and as he's as he's coming towards uh, the halfway mark he begins to stretch out his neck even more as he's nearing the finish line he stretches out even more and brings and activates every muscle in his body to ensure that the finish would be far better than the start and he would complete that race in strength beloved we're not in a race against anybody else each one's track is unique let's run this race well and let's finish it well i want to end with an encouragement an astounding encouragement and this is in the book of revelation chapter 3 verse 21 and this is jesus telling the church in laodicea and i believe this promise is an astounding promise is for you and me too it's for the church in every generation and here is what jesus is saying the one who conquers i will grant him to sit with me on my throne as i also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne what an astounding promise this is not jesus speaking like a politician who makes promises they don't keep this is not jesus exaggerating this is jesus committing to you and me he's saying my son my daughter the one who conquers i will grant him to sit with me on my throne as i also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne revelation 321 what does jesus mean when he says this to you and me sit with jesus on his throne really really but just to help us understand this encouragement this is a promise to everyone who conquers that is everyone who's pressing on in faith to endure till the end in spite of every 
painful testing, trial, and luring of the sinful pleasures, you are overcoming that. So if you're a true believer in Jesus, you will sit on the throne of the Son of God, who in turn sits on the throne of the Father. And we see that, you know, when we look at the New Testament, there are scriptures that clearly speak that the throne of God is to signify the right and authority to rule the universe, to rule everything seen and unseen. And we see that <coughs> a time is going to come when all things will be put under the feet of Jesus. And there is a verse in Ephesians that says that He put all things under Jesus' feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. We, the church, the body, are the fullness of him who fills all. And I, what I think this means is that the universe will be filled with the glory of God. And one dimension of that glory will be the complete unopposed extension of Jesus' rule everywhere. So, Jesus fills the universe with his own glorious rule through us. Sharing in his rule, we are the fullness of his rule. We rule on his behalf, by his authority, by his, under his authority, by his power. And in that sense, we sit with him on the throne. You know, beloved, none of this can be fully felt as we should. You know why? Because this is staggering. We're going to sit with Jesus on his throne. But not everyone. To him who conquers. It's too good. It's too amazing. And that's why the Apostle Paul prayed in that same book of Ephesians 1.18. He says, I pray that the eyes of our hearts be opened. Be enlightened that we may know what is the hope to which he has called us. Beloved, without the power of God, and his help. We cannot feel the wonder of what we are destined to become. What, what if we are granted to feel it right now? As it really is. All our emotional reactions to this world will change. The more our hearts are enlightened. With the glory of God. By the word of God. By the spirit of God. The lesser is power of the things of this world on our lives. The things of this world strangely fade away in the light of his glory and grace. And the strange and radical commands of the New Testament will not be as strange as they once seemed. Let us therefore be encouraged not to be overcome by those things of this world that now are here and will never be in just a few moments. But rather, by the grace of God, let us be overcomers to do God's will and to bring Him increasingly great glory and honor. Preach the gospel. Make disciples of all nations. Fight the good fight of faith. Finish well. The Lord bless you.